Listener supported. WNYC Studios. So many white guys. So many. So many white guys. So white. How much whiteness? All over the place. God damn. Welcome to So Many White Guys from WNYC Studios. Oh my gosh, Phoebes. Yes. We're at the end of the seas. Yes. Can you believe it? Yes. <laughs> I'm so pumped for the summer. What are your plans, honey bunny? Okay, dude. I am going to Copenhagen for Ooh. a conference. I'm speaking at um, International Podcast Day. That's incredible. Do you want to, like, run part of your speech by me real quick right now and I can give you pointers? Um, if you're working on a comedy podcast, mm-hmm. it should be funny. Okay, great. That's it. Um, how long is this speech? Um, half an hour. <laughs> and then I'm going to just put some laugh tracks in and I think it'll really just write itself. <laughs> You know what? I I think you should actually do a TED Talk because it sounds really solid. Dude, I've always wanted to wear one of those weird microphones and just gesticulate my (laughs) hands a lot. I love watching people's body language on TED Talks. It's like the most unnatural thing in the world. It's also like everyone is slowly walking with so much gravitas. And I'm like, (laughs) relax. What would your TED Talk be? My TED Talk would be just of different... Celine Dion clips because she is so ridiculous and she has such a great sense of humor. She's so cuckoo. It's awesome. So I just want to just, you know, stream a bunch of clips together, analyze why this is peak comedy. She deserves, like, a Mark Twain, you know, prize for comedy. Selena, come on. Vous mangerez les meilleurs spaghetti, la pizza et le ravioli. Fai stai fagioli. I'm so glad that you can speak Italian. She is so fab. I feel, She's so would great. Would you wear the backwards suit? Yeah, I loved it. I know people fucking read her to filth for that. I loved it. Listen, guys, honestly, I feel, for instance, with the Met Gala this year, so many people just played it safe. And I feel like I miss the, like, the Celine Dion's who wear the backwards suit or the, you know, Bjork with the fucking swan dress. Maybe you should be that person. I want to be. What's your thing going to be? I hope that it's that you wear, like, a tiny top hat. I would love that to be your signature look. (laughs) No, I just want to do, like, big, big, very, obviously, black woman hairstyles. Amazing. Just, like, in your face. I want to be at the Oscars wearing a hair wrap that's, like, so tall that Steven Spielberg is like, what is this? Do I need 3D goggles for this? What's happening? (laughs) Would it be in the shape of anything? I think it would be in the shape of... An Oscar? (laughs) (laughs) It's so obvious. Or what if it's just, like, in the shape of... The spaceship from Close Encounters. It's like so wide. <laughs> That's hilarious. This is perfect. This is perfect. But, Fees, I want to ask you, what are you most looking forward to this summer? Ooh, 
child. I'm, you know, the big thing that I'm, I'm trying to do right now, which I don't know if we've ever talked about on the podcast, is I'm trying to buy an apartment. Oh my God, you're such a fucking grown up. This is awesome. Yes. Um, and then, you know, I, I will be still on my quest to get Michael B. Jordan to interact with me in some way. <laughs> I know that he has liked certain posts of mine on Ooh. Instagram. I'm like, how do we get this to the next level? Invite him over to your new house. Duh. Well, I, I think, you know, since I have a boyfriend, it's probably no, inappropriate. It's fine. Just do that. <laughs> Bay told me it's fine. Oh, Bay did? Totally oh, yeah. okay, cool. I'm glad that you're in touch with Bay. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we throw it a mid-roll? Is this the last mid-roll of the seas? It is. No. <laughs> Ready? No. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to so many white guys. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that was quite the roller coaster, honey. It sure was. Today is the day, babies. Okay. It is the season finale. We have a real live white guy in the studio. I'm talking about Bill Hader. You know him from SNL, Durr, Documentary Now, Yoss, but now he is the co-creator, producer, Mm. writer, director, and star of the HBO show Barry, which is getting all this critical acclaim, y'all. It's nuts. He's got range. (laughs) Also, I think he's a total babe. Okay, let me hear why you want to smash Bill Hader, and then I'll ask him about it in the interview. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I think, first of all, he's tall. Yes. Great hair. Great features. Big eyes. Seems friendly. Yes. Sign me up. <laughs> you know what made me see it? What? Trainwreck. I was like, ooh, Yes. He was so good and charming and train wreck, and I do agree that he should do more romantic comedies. You know, so so good. Well, here's the deal. Ultimately, you know, there's some people where you're like, this person is universally beloved. Like, I think everyone thinks that Bill Hader is funny, so it's so cool to have him on the show. And I think you guys are gonna love it. I'm so happy he is my little sweet treat token this season so uh enjoy babies hi phoebe how's it going good well thank you so much for agreeing to do so many white guys um (laughs) (laughs) you are the token white guy of the season which is amazing yeah Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um well yeah i mean you're you're in the middle of it with barry it is Killing it on HBO. I didn't mean that punch. <laughs> Congratulations, first of all. Oh, thank you. Um, and how are you feeling about the way that people are receiving the show? And do you feel like they're getting sort of the intentions that you set out for it? Oh, it, it, so far it's it's been great, like better than I could ever have imagined. Mm-hmm. You know, you say Hitman goes to acting class. I think right now that conjures up a very glib kind of show. But... uh we wanted to take that and actually just go to its actual honest 
place. Yeah. So I've been incredibly happy that people have been coming up to me and saying, oh, man, I I weirdly relate to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the things that I really like about the show is that you're not trying to make the violence, like, seem cool. Like, it's very, like anti, you know, if I had to use an example, like Quentin Tarantino, where that was like, look at this thing exploding. Like, you're not trying to be like, look at this person getting shot up. Yeah. And I read that some woman interviewed you and she said that when you gun those guys down at the end of the pilot, it was straight up hot. Yeah. Which is, you're, I mean, were you just kind of sitting there being like, that's not the point. Yeah, I mean, it kind of bummed me out, man. Yeah. It really bummed me out. I was like, uh, we f- I failed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you want me to take this as a compliment, but yeah, I mean, no one has ever said I'm hot ever in anything. I've never had someone in an interviewer ever say that to me <laughs> ever. I want to say two things. I truly before this interview, my my producer, Joanna, was talking about how she thinks you're a dreamboat. So I w- <laughs> true like truly she was listing all the reasons why I was like, damn girl, you prepared this. Uh, <laughs> and then the second thing um is when you're trying I, I think it's hard because you wanna in terms of the violence, like you want to, you know, maybe you wanna like have a sort of commentary about it sort of like the callousness that we can sometimes have about violence. But you're also like, well, I can't really control how people are going to take it. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's all you can do is just show it like in anything, in any story, if you could just show it as honestly as possible. That's all I can feel like I can do, you know, and, and like not adorn it with, mm-hmm. you know, stuntmen. They always want to do this kind of dance when they get shot, you know, where they fling their arms up and they kind of twist their bodies around. It's really over exaggerated. Mm-hmm. And it's the stuff I did when I would play with my friends when you're growing up and you get shot and you go, you know, and you fall down. And and then if you actually see footage of people getting shot, that's not what they do. Yeah. You know, they just drop their bodies turn off. Yeah. And so we would have to tell that to the stunt guys over and over and over again. No, 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 no. Like, and Wade Allen, the stunt coordinator, had a video reel of people actually being shot. And he'd be like, you guys are going to do this. Wow. And it was really disturbing. But it was kind of like, that's the reality of Barry's life is this is the world that he's good in. Mm -hmm. But like you brought up, we thought we did that. And then I had people go, wow, you look hot in that scene. (laughs) Like, God, it's supposed to just be cold and, uh, and, you know, stupid. I just want to, I want to, I hope you're watching that going like, God, look how dumb this is. Yeah. So, yeah, it is interesting. I don't know if you've had that in stand-up where you, you, you're, you, you intend for something to be satirical and it, and it backfires or something. Yeah, and you're kind of like, oh, is that my fault? Is it, Yeah, you know, what is it? But it's just also, I think whenever someone consumes content, they're, you know, bringing their own interpretation to You're t- totally right. Yeah. They yeah, just yeah, bring yeah. their own thing to it. Yeah. And it's like, well, I like that, so... Uh, I know you're not making fun of that because I like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I was definitely making fun of that the most. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what about the character resonates with you or you feel like really speaks to who you are or reflects you in some way? Obviously not the hitman part, but yeah. you know, is there anything about Barry where you're kind of like, that? that is really Bill in a way? 
Well, I think the idea came to us because I was on Saturday Night Live and I had this kind of ability to do impressions, Mm -hmm. but I had a very, very hard time dealing with the anxiety of just that show, of putting up a show every week. But also I had a lot of anxiety with being on live television. So it was a thing that I always was trying desperately hard to keep in check. (laughs) But it was something I told Alec Berg, the co-creator of Barry, Alec and I talked about that of, oh, wow, what if you have just an innate gift that you're born with? What if that's the thing that destroys you in some way? And so it was like, well, what if we made him a hitman and and he just was born with this ability to kill people, but it's destroying him. Mm-hmm. And what if the thing he wanted to do was be an actor, but he's a terrible actor? Yeah, I want to go back to the the anxiety of it all because I, you know, I watch SNL. I've watched it for many years and I'm a huge fan of yours and I can never really sense the nervousness or the stage fright that you have. But, you know... I do identify with it in a way because I I do stand up. I've been doing stand up for 10 years and truly before every show, I was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. (laughs) Why are all these people here? Just want to go home. I hate this. And then I get on the second I step on stage. It's fine. But there's so much like just the anticipation. Yeah. But I get that way about we're going on a trip, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I will, I'm the guy like the night before the trip go, I, I, let's not go. Let's not go. This is just too much. I start to, it just becomes overwhelming. But SNL, especially exactly what you just described, I'd be backstage going, why did I agree to this? Why did I agree to do this? This is going to be terrible, you know? And I would just uh, kind of just have these talks with myself in my dressing room alone and i tried the best i could to hide it Mm -hmm. but i think uh, most people didn't really know about it so how did you end up coping with it like i've read you've done meditation yeah um doing transcendental meditation helped a lot Mm -hmm. but also it's just kind of like cognitive reframing Mm -hmm. you just kind of say what are you afraid of well i'm afraid i'm going to get out there and i'm going to mess up and so you just try to reframe it in your head of, I'm going out there to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And if I mess up, I mess up, you'll still be okay. I used to have a real fear of the stage falling or a light falling. Yeah. Have you ever had that? <laughs> I don't know. My thing, this sounds really kind of cuckoo, but my thing is whenever I meet someone that I really like or I'm a huge fan of, I'm, like, always afraid I'm going to, like, accidentally, like, just slap them really hard across yeah. the face. And so I'll be in my head. I remember I remember when I, like, met Oprah, I was like, you better not fucking slap Oprah. Like, I was just so, <laughs> I was yeah, so terrified. It's kind of like when you're up tight. I've heard people say, like, when they're on a balcony, it's mm-hmm. like they have this fear of, like, jumping. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. I could just jump right now. Yeah. And it's like. When I was on SNL, I had a real fear of like, oh, I could just start cursing right now and it would be on the news. (laughs) I'm on live television. I could just start saying the most insane stuff right now and be world news if I wanted to. (laughs) That's terrifying. Yeah. And uh, I was doing that every week at SNL. But what actually helped the most, to be honest, was uh, talking about it openly. Mm Mm-hmm. And just saying like, wow, I'm really, I'm really nervous. Yeah. You know, 
man, I'm really anxious about this. Kind of like you feel closer to the people around you, even though you're mostly weirding them out, you know? (laughs) Or they just go, okay, you know, I don't know what you want me to do with that information. But it's like taking the shame out of it and just going like, well, this is just how I'm feeling. So has this anxiety, like, has it always been there? Because the fact that you, like, even had the courage, like, audition for Saturday Night Live, understanding what you were going to potentially put yourself into. So what made you decide that I'm going to go for it, even though I really get stressed and, and nervous doing live performance? Yeah, I think stuff. it was just I wanted to do it so bad. Yeah, I was one of the few people, probably when they found out I got it, it was insanely stressful of, oh, I'm going to actually have to do that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it never went away. I mean, it it lessened, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I was able to manage it, but it never went away. I mean, I just hosted for the second time and it was there the whole show. I mean, they cut the last sketch of the night mm-hmm. because we ran out of time. And when the producer came back and said, hey, we're cutting that last sketch, so the next thing is good night. I hugged everybody. <laughs> just the <laughs> amount of relief. I went, oh, my God. And I hugged, you know, makeup and wardrobe and hair and all the people that kind of travel around with you while you're doing the show. And I just went, oh, I'm done. <laughs> and I just was <laughs> like, guys, I'm so happy. And so just to back up a little bit, I did some research from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And I just went there recently. So, Oh, why? <laughs> Why did you go there? Okay, so I really, people have heard me talk about this ad nauseum, so I'm really going to keep it super brief. But I am a a crazy, like, insane U2 super fan. And so I've never, yeah. (laughs) Oh, U2. Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome. That's correct. And so I wanted to see them opening night. So I like dragged my boyfriend and we we flew out to Tulsa and it was. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And it was fun. But it is like I I didn't. Um, what are your thoughts on, on, on Tulsa before I, I dig in? <laughs> well, I haven't been there in a while. I loved growing up there. Yeah. But I was also happy to leave there. I uh, I think my obsession with movies and stuff came from living in a place that. You know, there wasn't much to do. Mm-hmm. To be honest, like Tulsa was always about sports, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I just wasn't into it. And I remember making these short films and then acting in plays and stuff at school. And my friend's dads would have been like, no, 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 you're not doing any of that stuff. You you know, let's focus on sports. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my dad thought it was awesome. You know, he just went, oh, wow, I, this is what you're kind of naturally drawn to. So that's what you should be doing. Yeah. I'm super appreciative of that. And he's also, you know, my dad in the early 80s did like, you know, would do open mic nights and stuff. Like he, there was a time like when I was super young, he was trying to do stand up <laughs> and everything. And do you remember any of his jokes that he told? No. No. no I don't remember anything. <laughs> I've tried to bring it up to him in front of other comedians. And he's like, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not, yeah, don't, don't talk about that. <laughs> Okay, so you obviously you got into, you know... Wait, what did you think of Tulsa? Oh, what did I... <laughs> I said, I, I go, I like growing up there, and you kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Tulsa and Cleveland are are similar in the way that, like, it, you know, I think it's very, like, suburban, very family-oriented, but there's something about it that bums me out just a little bit, and I hate saying that, but... I think maybe just because I'm just such an East Coast person, 
It's just mm-hmm. a very different sort of lifestyle. Yeah. Like, New York is fully nuts, and it's, like, trash in a lot of ways, but I'm so, like, used to the trash that, like, it's yeah. ki- kind of charming at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I get I know what you mean. That's what I mean where it's, like, it was a great place to kind of grow up in this mm-hmm. safe place and watch movies and read stories about New York. Yeah. And you would go, oh, man, that place seems like a different planet. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Then you get there and it's like, oh, wow, I'm in that place. You know, it just, it never lost that feeling for me when I lived there, you know? Uh-huh. Same thing with LA, too, where it's like, oh, wow, I'm in the place where they make movies, you know? Yeah. And so I, I know that you were a production assistant for a little bit and you were actually Arnold Schwarzenegger's assistant for how long? <laughs> well, I was the PA. I wasn't ever his assistant. I okay. was the PA on Collateral Damage. And then uh, I was the base camp PA, you know, base camp where all the trailers are. And mm-hmm. so my job was to like go and knock on the actors' doors and say, hey, five minutes until you're ready. Or, hey, you got to go into hair and makeup and stuff like that. And so I had to go over sometimes to Arnold's village he had his own base camp one time he came up to me and he goes where are jeff and peter and that's his hair and makeup guys Uh and i said "Uh, i i don't know i'll I'll try to find them for you and uh he said find them show me your leadership capabilities (laughs) (laughs) i love that (laughs) okay and then they were like oh they're right over there i'm just pointed (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well you you're so in, incredibly busy i don't know how you have time for much of anything but you have three daughters right yeah how yeah. old are they they're eight five and three wow uh first of all congratulations that's amazing um yeah like what is your favorite thing about being a parent so far oh man just I mean, it's so corny, but they do kind of, it. it's what they teach you and bring you, you know what I mean? It's like you, you start to see some of the your traits in them that you dislike about yourself, and then I'll watch them overcome it at the age of five. Yeah. <laughs> what I can't do at 40. <laughs> and you get very inspired by them. But uh, I just like, seeing how their minds work. You know, I showed my daughter the movie Grease. In the middle of the movie, she goes, why are the kids at the school white? And I was like, oh, nice. I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it was the 1950s <laughs> and things were different, you know what I mean? And like, I never would have thought to have asked that at her age, but I like that they're just incredibly bright uh, kids and they're very just they're genuinely loving and 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 a lot of that also comes from their mother Maggie. Mm-hmm. I mean she's she's uh, very much the same way. And so I like how curious they sound. And so what because I have a I have a niece and a nephew and what it's always interesting when you have to kind of explain to them how things used to be during a certain yeah. time period and you're like this sounds fucking insane as i'm saying this and i have exactly. to exactly pres- you know you have to present it like i know this is crazy but this is like what happens and so like how do those conversations go like are you just kind of does it make you also th- rethink how you view the past as well 
Yeah. Well, well, like that grease thing. I'm like, I'm glad you noticed that. Yeah. Or I, you know, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. You know, the kids in that that story are brought to this house because their parents needed to get them out of London because of World War II and they were being bombed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're like, can that happen here? And I'm like, well, I, well, I don't think so. Or, but, I mean, you know, I, uh, I want to say no. <laughs> but I don't want to promise you anything. And like, then you just have to start explaining war to them and evil and, and you know, and you just start going, oh, man, can I just tell you the story about the wine and the witch? And it's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> What's happening to their parents? You know, they just immediately go to the real and they're all just empathy. They're all heart, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. Um, is, is just very sweet, you know, but hard. Yeah, yeah. it's very hard to explain stuff to them. Yeah. I remember my brother with my niece, um, I think it did make him view women or maybe womanhood differently because he's like, oh, now I'm raising a girl who's going to have to deal with sort of all this like crazy BS that I, I've never had to really experience. I guess yeah. I have a sister, but it's like, are you so are you now like looking at women differently and like also like the culture and like trying to help shape a world for them where they're gonna you know not grow up in such craziness yeah i mean i mean i think it was in barry this season you know we had female writers on the staff Mm -hmm. and then just and that it infused the show with stuff that we never you know there's a episode four and Sally, uh, Barry gives Sally a laptop. Alec and I just thought that was a nice gift. And all the women were like, that's fucking disturbing. (laughs) She hooked up with him once. He gives her a laptop. I'd be like, what? You know, we're like, oh, really? Is that how everybody feels? They were like, yes. And we're like, okay, well, then that's what it is then. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But with my daughters, yeah, it is hard. And, and, and it is, you know, I had two sisters growing up mm-hmm. and my grandmother lived next door. So I was always kind of, it's always been my lot in life to be surrounded by, you know, women. But it is different when you are raising them, but when it's, it, there's a level of uh, connection and empathy and, and everything when they're just babies and they're looking at you going, uh, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um. Yeah, you seem like in in like such a a great place or such wonderful energy beaming from you. And so I think if you had to like sort of look back at your younger self, especially when you were on SNL and you were sort of, you know, kind of riddled with that anxiety, like what advice would you give to your younger self? Well, it wouldn't be like calm down. That's like the the thing you can't tell people when they're anxious like yeah. that because that's like don't be on fire yeah you know <laughs> and then it's it's like make it your friend you know and say mm-hmm. all right cool you're here i'm not gonna like try to get rid of you you're not going anywhere yeah no. um let's uh we're gonna go do this together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the image i have in my head is you know putting my arm around the anxiety I say, Come love on, let's that. go host Saturday Night Live together. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bill Hader and his anxiety hosting <laughs> SNL tonight. <laughs> you know, with musical guests. Well, Bill, thank you so much for taking time out. I know your schedule is like crazy slam. This was so delightful. And I. Oh, yeah. It's nice chatting with you. This was awesome. Yeah, I had a blast. Yeah, thank you so much. 
Joni? Yes. Joni Lee? Yes. Wasn't that a delight? What a dreamboat with a capital D. Oh, wait, that sounds sexual. With that capital D (laughs) and italics and bolded and underlined. (laughs) Dreamboat. Well, I'm very happy to close out the season with Bill. I thought that he was a little piece of heaven. And you know what? The episode is not over. No, it's not. That's right. It's time for Small Acts of Resistance with Miss Alana Rose Glazer. Resist the system. Resist the man. Resist the dominant discourse imposed upon us by the establishment. Um, let's talk football. Okay. I probably, like, started watching football when I was a little kid. I'm from Cleveland, Cleveland Browns. Yeah, you were a sports head. Sports head. A true sports head. And football used to be my favorite sport. And then when everything was happening with kneeling for the national anthem and how players were being vilified and just the way that they were being treated and being called thugs. And also, it couldn't be understood that they're symbolizing something that and that they're using their free speech it's the most American thing to use your right. free speech with your platform. Yeah. And also it's like American to demand that America be better. Yes. Yeah. And so I think, you know, I've been boycotting the NFL ever since this. And like, damn, I'm not saying you have to boycott football, but I'm like my my resistance to this sort of poison that pervades the league is to, you know, not watch, to boycott with my dollars like I'm not gonna buy jerseys I'm not gonna go to games yeah there's this great James Baldwin quote about where he's like I love America enough to criticize it because I want it to get better yeah like that that is like real love versus like letting your shitty friend like step all over you and you're like oh well I'll get out of this soon yeah it's like no I don't want out I want this to like be better yeah and like we're gonna turn things around by resisting and doing better be the change by having small acts of resistance. Be the change you want to see in the world. Thanks, JFK. <laughs> Wait, did, he, did he originate that? Yeah. No, he, no, no. I uh, thought you were joking. I think JFK did say no, that. I think I thought it was like, or maybe it was like Gandhi, Gandhi. or something. Right? How, I was like, <laughs> I think you're right. It is Gandhi. Like, oh my god, are we recording? That is. I'm like Ted Kennedy. Are we? <laughs> JFK. I did. That is that. ignorance. <laughs> This is it. This is the end of season three. Thank you so much for listening. Keep sharing your favorite episodes. Keep respecting each other and keep in touch. You know, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram at Dope Queen Phoebes, and I'll do my best to respond to you with either a GIF or some actual words. The So Many White Guys team includes me, Phoebe Robinson, Rachel Neal, Janice Alataroff, Megan Cunay, Paula Schumann, Jenny Lawton, Jeremy Bloom, Isaac Jones, Matt Boyton, and Joe Plord. Our theme song was written by a white dude and sung by a bunch of other white dudes. Head on over to the WNYC Studios Twitter page to check out Sexy Ass Behind the Scenes Extras from an interview with Bill Hader. Don't forget to rate and review on iTunes. It really helps, babies. And as you know, you can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Bye, Q. Bye. People never ask dudes about being working dads. You're just like, oh, you like jizzed and like your kids are around somewhere. (laughs) 
So that's my other call to action. <laughs> Can we have a, a spinoff podcast called Call to Action and it's literally only for ignorant stuff? Every episode is 10 